one here that focuses let go and let God, and we're using my book, uh, Seven Living Words, available in the lobby. This <laughs> 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 focuses on the seven last words that Jesus says, it is said, he said, on the cross. Really, there are seven sayings, and they're meant to be a blueprint for transformation. They're meant to move us from breakdown to breakthrough. They're meant to move us uh, from any part in ourselves that feels um, broken or that it's time to just let go of so that we can rise up into our greater self. They represent, metaphysically, they represent the transformational journey that we're on, and they give us the steps to take. We began the first couple weeks with forgiveness and the now moment knowing that those, uh, the forgiveness brings us into the present moment. Last week, we talked about the idea of oneness, about the idea as we evolve spiritually, we have to surrender the idea of us and them, or this is mine, that's yours, and really breathe into a larger awareness of oneness between all of us. That exists, and that is primal, and that is necessary for us to evolve. And... As was read in the book, it moves us to the fourth living word, which is truth. And it's about telling our truth. And it says that um, at the ninth hour, Jesus shouted, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So imagine that time, or imagine this time when he is in his last breaths. And feeling that fear, feeling that what if this is all for nothing, feeling that time of just absolutely being alone and uncertain if that breakthrough is going to occur. Have you ever been there? Yes. yes. Perhaps not on a cross with a bunch of people around you, but I bet you built your own cross. What was it all for? Really, have I just landed in this? kind of life stinks place? Is this really what it's all about? You see, the darkness, they say that it's darkest before the dawn. As I was thinking about this week, I thought, you know, actually, it's darkest just when it's dark. (laughs) Just what it is. I mean, dark doesn't know light, correct? Dark knows itself. And when we are consumed by the darkness, we do not know light. And we become very contracted, and it really can feel like this is going to last forever. This is where I'm stuck. This is it. This is it. I love this. This is as good as it gets. We find ourselves in those trap moments. But the truth, that is not the truth. The truth is, as we will allow ourselves to be broken down, as we will allow the tsunami, if you will, to come into our lives at times the same way that it must in nature to balance itself out and to cause rebirth, the same thing happens on our individual level. So as we evolve, there are times in our lives, there are times in your life where you will be called to do what is called growing down. You will be asked to grow downward. Now that is not fun for us Western world people. Us new thought positive thinkers who say all is good. All is wonderful. I I am joyous, happy, and free. We love these ideas. We have bumper stickers made. We have the um, Franklin Planner posters that hang 
around offices. And they're all true. And the process of becoming sometimes, you see, actually, we grow, this is the truth, we grow omnidirectionally, dimensionally. We're growing on many layers, many levels, and in many directions. Now, the growing upward feels good. The growing upward is positive, and we love to sing its praises here in the Western world. We love to sing its praises here in the New Thought world. And I want us to open up today to the idea that growing down, although it doesn't feel the same as growing upward, is the vibration of goodness. It is happening for us. There are times in life when we have to just get right-sized, if you will. You know, the ego, left to its own devices, just keeps puffing itself up. It keeps on pushing people away. It keeps on separating itself. And as the ego can take over, the mind can take over your being throughout the day and the days become weeks, suddenly you find yourself less grateful for the simple blessings in your life. Suddenly you find yourself nitpicking at everybody else and what's wrong. Suddenly things just aren't working in your favor. That little kind of stuff. But the ego doesn't say, maybe I should just relax and pull inward and get back to the south. No, the ego puffs itself up more. It becomes bigger and bigger and bigger until really, if you imagine a big bubble, like a Oompa Loompa kind of a thing, <laughs> it gets so puffed up that the only way to get back to self is for it to pop. It's for you to find yourself and sometimes it happens that quickly. Sometimes the growing down is just a wipe out. But the gift is exactly what was in that beautiful song that Leslie sang. You discover in those times that you did not know your own strength. You did not know what you were capable of until you found yourself in the place where you needed to call upon a higher consciousness. You see, the growing downward is designed for you to know aspects of self that you could not know and understand unless you were having that experience. They, I love how the word scared becomes sacred by turning this, switching the C and the A. When we feel so scared of what is happening in our lives at times of transformation, in times of life where it's just time to grow, we feel scared. But that is the very time to switch those two letters around and make it the sacred time of your life. You see, although the ego self, although even the, the emotional body can scream, my God, why have you forsaken me? The truth is, we have never been forsaken. In fact, I truly believe, and I have experienced in my life, and I know some of you have experienced also, that when you are in those broken down, bottomed out moments, you actually feel the grace of God. Yes. Even if it is simply, I'm breathing. I'm breathing right now. I'm actually, I've had those moments of you know, where you just go, well, I'm here. I'm here, I'm alive, and this is what I've got. This is where I am right now. Those are very, very sacred times. And, and I really do know and believe and we 
teach and it's true and all the great scriptures say at that moment the God of your being is present. It's sort of that silly footprints in the sand poem. You know, and I'm not going to go tell it. But it's the idea. <laughs> it's the idea that when that is occurring, you are actually being carried. Can you take a moment and imagine that? Imagine, perhaps you're sitting in a rough time right now. Can you allow yourself to think, I'm actually being carried through this? You see, again, I'm going to go back to what the ego, the ego projects forward. The ego says, what's going to happen in five years, ten years, twenty years? I'm going to be homeless living under a bridge. That's where the ego will always bring you to. Homeless under a bridge alone. What it does. And it will use any way to get you under that bridge. It knows you. It knows you. It knows your voice. It knows your language. But that is not true. No storm ever stays. There has, has there ever, let's go to nature, has there ever been a storm that has stayed? Yes. There has. time to learn about and discover our power. And you know, so often, growing down is when no one's around. It's when suddenly you go, do I have any friends? Anyone? Anyone? And it can look like, it can look like, sometimes it can appear like, oh, people are shallow, they're afraid of my pain or they don't want to be around me during this hard time, or they don't know what to say. And part of that may be true, but I think that there's something deeper that I want you to consider. And that is the idea that you're meant to be alone. You're meant to be alone so that you can feel what's going on for yourself with no one there managing it or even witnessing it. Sometimes it's very good and beautiful, and we do need that too. But when you're alone, I guess I'm inviting you, I'm not guessing, I am inviting you to not make that wrong. Instead of, because that's what I have done too, I've gone, well, no one's here. Well, where's so-and-so? Well, where's so-and-so? And I start checking off my list. But the truth of the matter is, when we're alone, I think we're supposed to be. And that's where we can have that opening that we've not had. Many of you know that last year I went through, and I think it was all like pre-orchestrated around our move as Bodhi was moving and reorganizing. My whole personal life just went bloop, just like that. And I've actually never told this story to everyone, but it was mine and Patrick's 15th anniversary. We're out to dinner, and the whole relationship just went and it just unraveled. We're sitting there, and we're like, are we done? I think we're done. Maybe we are. Let's, so we went into this separation, as many of you know. And I thought we were done. He thought we were done. We made some good commitments to do our personal work, and it had been 15 years of a lot of good and some real crazy making stuff that had built up. And it just landed in this collapse. And I spent last summer alone a lot. Really 
facing that painting. And you know, I told some people, it was fascinating. I'd be doing the dishes, and I'd grab the counter, and a wave of sorrow and grief would flow through me, and it just, whew, and I would just sob for a minute, and then I'd do the dishes. <laughs> and it was fascinating to be in this process, and it was scary at times. And, and I had many wonderful friends, for sure, and he did too. And, but what I knew was, I was growing down. I was needing to let go. I had to surrender all of it. All of it. All of it. What I did not tell you was about two weeks prior, because there was a lot of struggle going on between us, I was down on my knees in my morning prayer saying, Holy Spirit, take this relationship and make it holy. And this become broken, make it holy, whatever that means. And I spoke that prayer from the depth of my being, so as it was unraveling and disappearing, I knew that that was what was supposed to be occurring. I knew that that was supposed to be happening. So in this moment, I had a strength that I did not know I had. Because as it was crumbling, and if you know me in the previous years, if it started to come down, I'd just put the piece back, or I'd hold her, I'd hold her, I'd stick my life, whatever I had to do. This looks good, right? It's Suddenly, there was a strength that was like, and I literally heard the voice go, don't touch it, don't touch it. And I didn't, and it just melted, and it melted. And as the months went by, I mean, if you know the miracle, we've been rebirthed, and we're back together today, which is really wonderful, and it is truly a rebirthing experience. It is a brand new thing occurring. For him, for me, for the we that is happening. And I really can tell you, from the beginning, the middle, and the current now moment experience, God is large and in charge. God was in the midst, making it happen. Resistance doesn't work. It simply does not work. Pretending to be humble does not it does not work. I'm okay, I'm okay, let me go, I'm okay. <laughs> See, what we have to realize, and this is what I want you to embrace and get in touch with, there is a part of you that will do that. You are resistant to the transformation. You are resistant to the becoming your greater self. You are resistant to allowing this thing called life, this thing called God, source, love, whatever you call it, to have you. There is a resistance. And that resistance will play humble. It will speak the right words. It will learn the language of surrender. It will do whatever it needs to do to keep you from just allowing. But when you are inside your spiritual practice, when you know God is your source, even if you only know it in thought in the moment, when you simply take a moment, God is my source right here, you realize that you are activating, you are literally activating the divine light that is within you and no, <clears throat> no longer can that false idea have its way with you. It may go a little longer, but its days are numbered. Its days are numbered. When you can, in the midst of what is occurring, say, this is for me. This is for me, and I'm not resisting. 
I choose not to resist. When you can, when it brings you to your knees, when you get down on your knees and you say, Holy Spirit or God or love or whatever you call upon. And this is not the five-step prayer that we do here at Bodhi. This is like when you're on your knees and you simply are, help, help. And it is a sacred place. It is a sacred, sacred place. And you become supported. When you can speak those words, no matter how the resistance screams, no matter how the, the part of you that wants to fake it all and act like it has it together, it will not be in charge. And suddenly, like what happened to me, you'll be sitting in an option <clears throat> for the ego to take you down one more day of pretending. And suddenly, in the midst of that, you will choose a different word. You will choose to not speak. You will choose to say no thank you. You will choose something that you know is stronger than you. And that choice comes out of an awareness of God and your source. And when that choice is made, the growing down begins. The growing down begins. But I want us to breathe into this idea of growing down as rich. You know, it's not. They're actually deepening is a beautiful thing, right? We say that person has depth. That person is wise. That person is speaking from a deep part of themselves. We love those things. We, we, that's a positive focus on deepening, of growing downward. And the way to access that voice for all of us is that we have to taste the things about life that appear to, to make us feel broken and forsaken. You see... I'm going to go even to, and I learned this in India, and I love it, the idea, we'll, talk, we'll focus it on the deepening course. I am shameless. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. One of the most profound things that happens to you that you're not even aware of in your conscious mind is that the very birthing process itself is a traumatic experience that makes you feel like you are separating from God. You are literally being taken out of a safe, womb-like oneness experience. You don't know where you're going. Suddenly the earthquake is occurring, and all you can do is go. And the ride can sometimes be, if it's easy, if it's hard, so many of you have had very traumatic experiences coming from womb to manifestation. That separation right there, right there, is where the voice of, I feel forsaken. That is the, imagine it being as the first drop of this idea. So our healing, our spiritual healing, is very, very profound. Because unless we do the deep, deep, deep spiritual work and we allow ourselves to be healed at very profound levels of our psyche and our emotional body, what we will be doing is recreating the idea of forsakenness in our lives. Because all we're doing is pointing ourselves back to the original idea of being separate, which is not true. Intellectually, we understand we're not separate, but emotionally, we don't. The, the coming to this earth is a separating experience that we have not even learned in our culture how to be in relationship with. 
Especially if you're born in the 50s and 60s. My God, they put you in a sterile room, they drugged up the mom, they pulled you out, put you in a basin, three doors down. You know, we just became very sterile and very disconnected, which makes the whole process even more intense, feeling like we're forsaken. So there's healing work to be done. There's healing work for us. And when we can allow ourselves to deepen and deepen and deepen, what you discover on the other side is that the hand of God is right there guiding all of it. Guiding all of it. And when you really, really get in touch with the idea that the hand of God is guiding all of it, guess what? Free ride. Free ride. What do you got? What do you have to do? What is there to do when you trust you are being guided? God's plan cannot be canceled. It cannot be canceled. What's the line? I can't be, I can then, I can't be broken. What was that line you said? Uh, we don't know. <laughs> oh, I was not built to be broken. Something like that. Something like that. You were not built. To be broken, you were built to be brilliant. You were built to be brilliant. There are no setbacks. There are only setups. And sometimes, just like the, um, I always get myself into analogies that I don't have words for because I don't know what they are. <laughs> something that would pull back and shoot something. Something <laughs> Word people choose so <laughs> It is the tension, right? It's the tension that causes it to be able to go further. That is the same idea. When we grow down, imagine that there is something that is, there's a tension that's occurring. You will not stay down. No matter how far down you go. Some of you guys have really long rubber bands. <laughs> But there will be some point when you reach the bottom and the tension is great enough and you've reached that uh, pivotal moment, that, that key point where it catapults you back up. And when you come back up, you come back up as that with, not as and with that depth, with that wisdom, with that own life. And, that, and, and along with that comes your compassion comes a greater sense of grace, comes a deeper faith. It comes comes with it all the things you're here to know about yourself and about life. So this week, I invite you to really welcome the, the, the forsaken voice that is inside of you. Welcome it. Stop ignoring it. Lift the rug up and let it out. And find ways to maybe journal about it, to be with it. Find time to be alone. You'll be fine. Find time to take a walk. Find time to be with that part of yourself. And feel yourself. It's like going into it. It's like that. But you'll just drop into a moment. And you'll go, I'm okay right here. I'm okay. And when you hit that spot, please say, God is here. Say that now. God is here.